And welcome back to the fourth ever episode of That's Haram. I'm Corey, here with Sahar. Hi. And we're talking all things Ramadan today. Yeah, because it's coming up. Well, by the time you hear this, actually, it will be... Already Ramadan. Ramadan. (laughs) Yeah, because Ramadan is starting May 5th, well, that's not a word, May 5th or May 4th, depending on... And here's your first lesson of the episode. Based on when we see the moon, depending on which mosque you go to. Because the way that Ramadan works and the way that the Islamic calendar works is it's based off of the lunar calendar. So how you knew if it was a new month or not is whether or not you could see the crescent moon because it's a new moon. So because of that, you have to go outside and when it's dark, you look for the moon. And if you could see part of it, awesome, new month has started. At the point of 2019, we have really cool calculators and, you know, like fancy science things that can prepare us to know when the month is going to start. But we still try to look for the moon because that's how the prophet did it. And so there's always during Ramadan, if you're ever on social media or follow any Muslims, there's always jokes about, oh, hey, I saw the moon today or I didn't see the moon. And so half the world, half the Muslim world will start Ramadan on one day and the other half will start another day. But the last few years, actually, we have started pretty like most of us have started on the same day, so maybe one day we'll all get to the point where literally every Muslim on this planet starts on the same day. I highly doubt it. I yeah, don't so think that's, that's going to happen. That's how Ramadan works as far as starting it. And then for those of you who may not know what Ramadan is, it's one of our, it's our holiest month. It's the ninth month of the Islamic calendar. And we fast during Ramadan. So that is one of our five pillars of Islam. And fasting Specifically, there's um, a time that you have to start fasting by, and it's right before the first prayer of the day. And then you fast from that point, which changes every day based, again, on the calendar. So in the winter, our fasts are really short, and in the summer, our fasts are really long because you're fasting until sunset. So as the days get longer, you're fasting a lot longer. As the days get shorter, you're fasting a lot less. Um, I do want to do a little clarification. When Sahara is talking about if we're fasting in the winter and you're like wait a minute i thought ramadan was may 5th through june 4th what is this winter stuff going on um sorry (laughs) if you are a person who menstruates or if you are traveling during this time or if you become ill during this time or there's a few other reasons um during those days you do not have to fast but you do have to make them up Yes. later on in the year um yes that does mean if you're a person who menstruates you basically get however many days off and if i i don't know why but i'm just like for me it's like you have to go the whole month except you know then you've got a week off and then you have to do it later so i just stack it for like right after thanksgiving because it's like okay well i know i'm gonna be terrible about food at that time so right. it's my it's a good way for me to get back on track other people um, work it in. I know some people work it in right after Ramadan technically ends because they just want to get it as close in as they can. Other people just, it, everybody's a little bit different, but um, there are obviously exceptions to if you're fasting or not. Um, like I said, if you're traveling, if you're sick, um, if you're a person who's menstruating at that time, I believe if you're pregnant. Yes, because your fetus needs to have some right. nutrients. <laughs> And this is the thing, I'm like, this is really weird, and this is something that just seems so common sense, but 
even I, like, before I reverted, I was like, oh, that's really logical. I'm like, well, <laughs> duh. They Muslims have been fasting and doing Ramadan for ever. And, of course, they would have some common sense about this. It's like, duh. But well, you don't think hard. about that until you go into it. Well, right. And the thing, too, is, I mean, let's be real. If you don't know... Well, real quick, let me rewind just for a second, because I this is going to be one of those episodes that's very educational, so I want to make sure I cover everything without confusing y'all more, because it is sometimes confusing. Partly why we have the whole summer-winter bit is because the lunar calendar shifts based on the moon, and so every year um, the Islamic months move up 10 to 11 days, so that's why... I think it's something like 2040. I was looking this up at one point because, of course, I was. Uh, 2040 is when Ramadan will be back in the winter time. So, in my lifetime, since I've been fasting since I was 10, I've had winter, fall, summer, and spring Ramadan. So, I've experienced the full four seasons over the course of 15 to like 18 years. Um, and then the other point I was going to make part of why it's hard to sometimes know these things, even for like little kids who are Muslim, is that you don't really think about it because if you're asleep, and you're like, mom, like, if you don't see your ex as far as, like, menstruating or pregnancy or whatever, like, if you don't see them wake up to eat or you don't know that they've eaten, like, you don't realize, like, your parents eating when you're not paying attention. But they just don't show you because they don't want you to, one, have to ask a million questions and to, like, get confused. And so it wasn't until I was a little bit older that my mom sat me down and was like, okay, now I'm going to explain all of the rules around who can or can't fast. Because, as Corey mentioned, like, if you're sick or elderly or diabetic or, like, have other health reasons, like... You're not going to fast because it's going to make it worse for your health. And you have to be healthy to be able to fast. Right. And I think that's, for some reason, I, I can just say coming from where my background is, is if you're talking to super religious people, you, and it's not just Islam, but you tend yeah. to assume it's very rigid. Right. And that's where you think, okay, well, if somebody is fasting, then obviously it's got to be super rigid about it. And then right. it's like, oh, no, you get to know it. And you're like, oh, well, there's a lot of common sense here because no, duh, I don't want you to fast if you're sick and it's going to make you sicker or, you right. know, any of these reasons. Right. And, and uh, I mean, t to me, really, I was it was a surprise because Islam is far more um, accommodating for women and that time of the month than I think the Western world is. Sure. Sure. Well, and I think too, and I, I mean, I do want to reiterate, it's specifically fasting from food and liquids and other things. Like we're not supposed to have sex and curse and just anything that's bad. Like we're just, we're not. We'll get into that in just a minute. <laughs> yeah. But what I was trying to say here is that it's not that we're fasting the full 30 days entirely because then you would die. It's only between the morning period to the sunset period because that is a common question. I totally understand why. But no, like if I fast for more than three or four days and I'm not some like, you know, aesthetic monk, I am literally going to be dead. So we definitely get to eat at night and in the morning. We just can't eat in between those two times. Right. I think like the easy way I learned it and the, I think this is like obviously a simplification, but like sunrise to sunset. Yeah. Is just a yeah. good frame of mind of like that's when the fasting is like sunrise, sunset. Right. Um, obviously now there is a distinction I did learn, um, Sunni Muslims, like once the sun starts to set, it's like, you can eat, but, sh uh, Shia Muslims, mm -hmm. it's like, it's gotta be all the way down. See, I just learned something new because I didn't know that myself. Yeah. I learned that, uh, at Masji because we had a few people that came later to eat and I, I, I made a joke about like, oh, you get off late from work and they're like, no. 
we wait until the sun is all the way down. I'm like, I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> Oh, no. I mean, they were good-natured about it. I mean. Yeah, but see, there's always room for learning because I didn't know that. But, yeah, there's – so, okay, now that you say that, then I'm thinking about it. At my mosque, though, we do actually – we add five minutes. So, when sunset is – like, if sunset's 5.38, we do wait five minutes to start eating because then we're for sure, like, the sun has started to set because then that way we're not accidentally, like, breaking it before. But, like, God understands, like, if we're constantly, if we're consistent, like, it's not an issue. But if we're just like, oh, like, oh, we see the sun going down, it's time to break the fast. You know, it's it's about being thoughtful about your fasting and what you're doing. And that's why, too, if I accidentally drink some water, like, it's not a big deal. You just have well, to Well, I mean, you have to remake that day up, but. Yeah. Depending, and see, and that's the thing, too, is it depends on, like, did I drink a whole glass of water or was I like grabbing the water from the fridge and put it to my mouth? And then I was like, just kidding. I'm fasting. So there's a whole gray area there. And it really just depends on like how you grew up, like what your mom says, because at the end of the day, if your intent was, I'm going to do this fast, then like you're probably fine. Or there have been plenty of times in my childhood where none of us woke up. Our alarms just didn't go. And we kept the fast, but you're not supposed to do that because it's bad for your health. So that's another example of if that's something that's reoccurring, then you need to have better alarms and also you need to just make up those fasts because you should be doing the pre-dawn meal because mm-hmm. the idea is I've eaten this meal and now I'm centering myself for the rest of the day. Yeah, like I had a day uh, last year where I just missed my – I don't even know what happened with the alarm because normally I always hear it, but for whatever reason that day it just – I woke up and I was a little bit late for work and everything was just awful, but I couldn't eat. And by the time right. I got to the gym that afternoon, I was just done. Yeah. But at the same time, I do want to talk about, it's not just food. And this is something Sahar talked about briefly. I mean, you're, the big part about food is it's supposed to recenter you and make you mindful, especially about those, you know, who don't have food. Right. You know, who don't have food security, uh, you know, don't know where they're going to be able to get their next drink of water. And, you know, it's a really, it's supposed to make you mindful for that. But also it's, you know, kind of like, how, how do I put this in a way? Um, con marrying the not great things in your life. <laughs> no, that's true. That's, I mean, that is what it is. The whole idea is it's supposed to be a month of resetting. So that's why during the day while you're fasting, you're supposed to abstain from sex and obviously trying to be mindful of like cursing and backbiting and gossiping and the things that we kind of just naturally get used to doing. Because even sometimes like when you're at work talking to a coworker about something, it can very quickly turn into like a gossip session or like a bitching session. Mm-hmm. Uh, dang it this whole episode's supposed to be Ramadan and here I am cursing see I feel well, already. see that's my <laughs> thing is like that's my one major goal like last year it was recentering my relationship with food and yeah. I'm still doing that this year and I'm still like cutting out caffeine so I'm gonna be a raging harpy that first week but <laughs> you know it's recentering yourself with food for me it's you know also cutting the caffeine cord but the other thing i really want to work on this year is cleaning up my language to the point that i'm getting one of those little uh the staples easy buttons that buzzes oh my gosh that's amazing yeah and i'm gonna give it to one of the one of my gym friends and i've flat out told them because when i'm really bad is at the gym um and i've just flat out says like you need to start buzzing me during ramadan because and just saying haram because I need to really work on this. And sometimes I don't even know when I'm doing it. Right. 
It's so, I mean, and there's other things, you know, other people have other things they work on. Um, you know, yeah. for me, it's just this year, I really want to try and like break that habit of profanity, which I know if you listen to Sahara and I normally, that's like, okay, <laughs> how are you going to talk now? <laughs> exactly. And what happens for me is every year I do really, really well during Ramadan. And then like two or three weeks after Ramadan, it's great. And then it just slowly comes back. But part of it definitely for me is I've tracked it. And it definitely depends on who I'm spending time with right after Ramadan. So um, this year, I'll actually be visiting my home. And so I'll be at home with my parents. So, I mean, there won't be. I don't even curse in front of my parents. Like, the word damn is like, haram, beta. What are you doing? My parents will sound like that. I don't know why I went into that accent. But the point is, <laughs> I don't curse on my parents at all. And so I think that'll help. And so my goal this year is to definitely try to cut back as many of the F-bombs as possible after Ramadan ends and some of the more, like, harsh words um, because I'm, like, what the hell is just a great phrase? That's probably going to keep coming out of my mouth. Um, but, you know, it's a little thing. So I always liken it to people as kind of, like, how you um, take something out during Lent, but it's the whole month and you're taking everything out at the same time or as much of it as you can because then mm -hmm. you're really just trying to get yourself back onto whatever your goal may be. And there's a lot of people I know that even me with just when I've been doing it, it's you can't do this. Well, no, I don't. I don't do this. And it's of this phrase of you can't, you can't. And right. I think it's like, well, no, I'm choosing. I mean, right. yes, it's one of the pillars, but it's, you know, you have to choose to do it. Yeah, because that's the other part of um, as far as, you know, like if you miss the alarm, if you don't have the pre-dawn meal and you don't make the intention, there's a specific intention. Like you're supposed to say, I'm intending to fast today. And there's a whole Arabic phrase and what have you. And there's also another phrase for when you break the fast. But you have to full, totally go in with it being, I'm intending to fast. I'm eating this food right now because I'm going to fast. Because if you just don't eat, then you're just starving yourself. And that's not the point. You know, mm -hmm. the point is to really think about how are other people living? What do I have in my life? How can I be a better person? Whatever that might mean to me. Yeah, like Ramadan isn't supposed to be like a month of punishment. Yeah, it's supposed definitely. to be like a month of growth and honestly like a month of community. Yes. Um, you know, and you, you get the jokes of like, yes, uncle, that is really awesome. You've memorized the longest surah, but the rest of us are waiting to eat. <laughs> yeah, what a mood. Um, because you break the fast with your family. And so you break the fast in um, Sunni communities and then also anyone who follows hadith. The idea is you're going to break the fast with a date or something um, sweet. So usually my family will have like some kind of lemonade. And then you eat a little bit, you go pray, and then you come back to finish the meal. And, you know, the routine is different for different communities. But then you sit with your family and you sit with whoever at the mosque or the masjid, um, you know. And that actually reminds me that we should totally do an episode about rebirths. But... There's something to be said about the whole community aspect because it's bringing everyone back together. Because mm -hmm. so many people don't go to the mosque. I mean, for me, I mean, especially while I was um, in school, I didn't go to the mosque because I didn't know anyone there. And so I felt kind of uncomfortable. And it was just easier to just, like, hang out with my friends. And so when I would break the fast, like, they would spend time with me. Um, because the last two years are really the only two years where I've even been in my current city for Ramadan. Usually I would be at home during the summer. And in the mm. summer, we would go to the mosque every every night. And then on the weekends, my mom would make iftar, which is the meal, and I would help. And that's always really nice because then you're cooking with mom and you're making all the cool dishes. But you have to be careful about not 
this is something that happens in all of our communities. We go a little overboard <laughs> at night, and instead of thinking about why we're breaking the fast, sometimes we're just like, I just want 12 samosas, which is not good for you. None of us need to have 12 samosas. So that's another thing, right? It goes back to, again, all of it goes back to being thoughtful and, and you know, having that mm-hmm. intent and thinking about why we're doing what we're doing. I mean, it it is a different situation. Like you said, we'll do an entire episode on just, like, being a revert, but Ramadan, when you're a revert, is different, um, especially, like, if you're the only Muslim in your family. Yeah. Um, and especially if all of your family lives way, way away, then you're kind of isolated, and it's very mm-hmm. weird going to Masjid just because it's, like, you're new, you kind of only know people, and you really stick out like a sore thumb, and that's when everybody else is together, and it's, like, super happy family fun time, and you're just kind of like, eh. (laughs) Yeah. But I learned, you know, I've done it on my own this year. Um, I might invite some friends over for, like, if I try to cook iftar, I might invite some friends over and just kind of make my own tradition. But it's... I, I don't want people to think, get the wrong idea about what it's going to be like to be a revert. There are some specific, I don't want to say challenges, but there's some specific situations that you're going to deal with, especially during mm-hmm. Ramadan, that people who are, you know, maybe born Muslim don't have to contend with. Yeah. And I think, you know, and it's similar, and I don't want to say it's the exact same, but it, it's it's... Really, it's any situation where, like, if you're having difficulties with your family, like, Ramadan can be a really, really great time, but it can also be a difficult time because it is, there's just so much more. I mean, here's the thing, like, your body, you're going to be cranky. You're not eating the first week, Mm -hmm. especially for people who just started. It's difficult. I know for me, now that I've been doing it for so long, after week one and a half, my body doesn't even want to eat because my capacity to eat, it's like training for competitive eating. It's like that. Like, I don't want to have food so when I break my fast especially now as I'm thinking more about my health I'm really really thoughtful about like what I'm eating how much of it I'm eating but growing up it was you know the three samosas a little bit of this fried thing a little bit of that fried thing the chickpea food and then at the end you're like why did I do this because now I'm stuck (laughs) so so finding that balance and I definitely with my parents which as we all know telling our parents to do anything is kind of impossible but I'm always trying to like push them towards maybe like less items like okay we can eat four or five things but maybe we only make half of it um and so that's a whole other you know well and then there's the you know let's get up and go to ihop to have our daily food before dawn which is not exactly the greatest thing to be putting in your body (laughs) yeah i think there's definitely something to be said and i see this with the younger Gosh, I'm only 25 and I'm about, I'm about to sound like an auntie. But the youths these days, the younger kids who are my brother's age and they do the whole like, mom, my friends and I, you guys go eat your brown people food and we're going to go to IHOP and we're not going to eat rice, which is fine because I don't eat rice in the morning. And, or we'll go to this other 24-hour restaurant because then it's more of like a fun, like I'm going to spend time with my friends mm-hmm. and everything, which makes sense. But again, you know, what is the point of having the pre-dawn meal? Why are we fasting? We have to bring it back around to the main point at hand, which is we're fasting from all of the things in our lives that we might be addicted to. And this is actually what we were talking about, what Angry Birds last time. Like, during Amazon, I put away all my games. I just delete all my apps. I, um, For me, social media is something that I try to be a lot better about. So Instagram, um, Snapchat. I still use Twitter because... 
I mean, everything's on Twitter these days, but I try to be more thoughtful about when I'm on Twitter. I don't just have it constantly like scrolling, things like that. So each person has something that they work on. And that's one of the things that I work on a lot. And I'm, right. And I, I do think as far for me, like as media goes, like last year it was for me it was just a time of getting into Ramadan and then I also was like dropping caffeine and you know you and I had that entire discussion where for me it was just I was also in the middle of this weight loss journey and it was really really about me and (laughs) recentering myself with food but this year you know like you bring up with like media or other things that might be haram or things that you know fandom things that you know they're not exactly halal for Ramadan. And, you know, maybe I don't need to be participating in a lot of fandom outrage in yeah. Ramadan. Oh, I, I don't read any specifically adult-rated <clears throat> or anything during Ramadan. I'm like, nope, nope, I can wait. And it's always actually really funny because after Ramadan, I'll go through my inbox that I have connected to my archive of our own account. And I'm like, wow. Is it just me or do I read a lot of smut regularly or is it just because I just wasn't reading it and it's all piled up? And so that too, I mean, I'm kind of joking, but like in general, regardless of what the thick rated is, it makes you think about like how much time you spend doing certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong. Both of us are absolutely watching Eurovision. We'll just have to be careful about like what's happening on the performances. <laughs> I think we looked out then. Um, I mean, we're still going to have to deal with Iceland and their BDSM yeah, everything. But Ukraine isn't there, and that one would have been Haram City, so... Yeah, no, that's gotta go... Iceland is Haram, but it's performative Haram. Ukraine would have just... And I mean, like, more power to Maruv, but, you know, for Ramadan, that would have just, like, set us both on fire. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, you know, it's, it's just thinking about that. Like, it's not that you can't do the things that you enjoy or love, it's just doing... It's kind of like if you were to block out every single hour of your time, just shifting some stuff around like a Tetris game, right? So for me, another thing that I do um, every year is I try to read the Quran all the way through. So that's usually a chapter a day and I read it in Arabic. So I'll read some on the bus and on my way home. And then I'll read some again when I'm at home to do that. And then taking into account, you know, there's going to be a couple of days where I'm not fasting. So I might have to read more at a time. And then I also, this is just for me, I personally like to listen to only religious stuff during the month. So it's just, again, it just goes back to each individual person doing whatever they feel like they need to do and that they feel comfortable doing. Which that's actually something I'm doing this month, obviously barring Eurovision, but Sahara actually sent me quite a bit of music for me, you know, like especially when I'm at the gym right. or I'm walking to the gym or wherever, I am just completely swapping that out with um, the songs that Sahara sent me or you know prayers that are being sung and I'm you know it's just a way of being more mindful and again I really really want to impress because I know some of you who are not Muslim are thinking oh my goodness you guys are having to give so much it's not a have to we're choosing to do this right and it's not something that I you know like for me Maybe the first year I was kind of dreading it because I didn't really know what was going to happen and, you know, like, new can be scary. But I've been looking forward to this for months now because it was so good for me to recenter myself and be mindful about what I'm consuming and am I I being ethical in my actions and in my thoughts. And it's just like a renewal, a month-long renewal period. 
definitely. And I think too, I mean, again, like I mentioned before, like the whole like counting down all your hours, I just think that the world that we live in now, because so much of it is, I'm going to sound like a grandma. It's not that like social media or other things aren't good. It's just so much of our time now that 20, 30, 40 years ago would have been spent doing other things is on the computer, is watching things or, you know, interacting in me- with media in a totally different manner. And so before, like, okay, during the prophet's time, people were just going about their day regularly and maybe adding like an extra 30 minutes of prayer time or, you know, an extra 30 minutes of like mindful, uh, you know, thinking about whatever religious thing they needed to think about. But now we spend so much of our time at work and doing all these other things. And so it sounds like a lot of stuff's going away, but really it's just like two or three things that cover a lot of different um, categories. So like caffeine, right? It's just something that people regularly try to give up. It's not that like caffeine is on its own bad, but like if you're drinking a lot of it, clearly it's going to be bad for you. Mm -hmm. It's that same idea of, again, like thinking about it and also, you know, the family, the community, all of that stuff all together. Right. I mean, for me, it's just, it's a really lovely opportunity to self-reflect and to, if there's stuff that you've been saying, I'm got, I've got to work on it. It's like a more set you up to succeed New Year's resolution in some way. Right. Um, I mean, that's obviously a gross oversimplification, but I mean, it's this allotted time that you can really spend on self-reflection and being mindful and thoughtful of others and opening yourself back up to, I think, a larger world than just what is either on your computer or on your phone or at work or what you're consuming. Absolutely. And the thing, too, is it's only 29 or 30 days, depending on the... I mean, you know, it's not 30 days in the long scheme of things. It goes by really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Like, after week one... Week two and three fly by, and then week four is kind of slower because the anticipation starts building of like, oh my gosh, like Eid is coming, which is the celebration that we have after Ramadan ends, which we'll talk about a little bit more, of course, in a second. But Eid is coming. Um, During Eid, we usually put on new clothes or nicer clothes, right? Because we're celebrating like the end of the month and all the work that we've done and also the charity we may have been giving, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so there's that. Like the little kids are really excited because they know they're going to get to see all their family members. And so then week four goes by really quickly at that point and then Ramadan's over. And then you're like, holy crap, like I spent this whole month doing all these cool things. Um, and, And the thing too is like, Corey and I just listed a ton of stuff we're doing. We're not saying that every Muslim does that or should do that, right? Some right. people taking one thing is the most that they can do and is the best that they can do, and they work their way up. Um, so, you know, it's, it's again, it's all individual. For as much of Islam as a communal experience, it's also really, really independent. It's you and your relationship to, to Islam and to Allah. Mm-hmm. Well, and then also, like I said, with that kind of um especially with fandom things during ramadan um it's really really good to get out of that bubble yes and it's really nice to kind of be like outside of those activities and that kind of drama that goes along with it even if you know it's just like you're for us and we kind of do it because we report on it you know, it's just, it's really nice to have a break from things that, I mean, let's, I'm going to be real. Fandom can be a lot. Yeah. 
So it's nice to have that kind of built-in buffer period. And then, you know, there's times when, like last year, once Ramadan was over, I was just like, well, I don't really want to go back to this. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, and I think it's so easy to, I mean, we're all really <laughs> passionate people. And that's what, that's where, I mean, that's how fandom thrives, right? It's people who are passionate about whatever character, media, song, what have you. And because of the way that the Twitter and Tumblr and, um, yeah, I mean, I would really think it's just those two really, the way that they have caused fandom to grow in a really cool way, but also in kind of a negative way, makes it really hard for those of us who are super involved to take ourselves out. I mean, at the time of us recording this, there's been some announcements in the TV world, and so I caught myself thinking, like, I've just had this conversation about something for an hour, and I don't actually care about the show that this is about, but I've been talking about it for an hour because from the perspective of the behind the scenes and how TV works, it's really cool. But also, what did I really get? Like, I just talked about something that's not actually important. So I think during Ramadan, when I, you know, I mute all my notifications from AO3 and I don't go on Tumblr to look at GIF sets, um, especially because, like, the Tumblr, you never know what you're going to find. Um, and then on Twitter, like, this doesn't really bother me, but there's also the not safe for Ramadan tag that a lot of people who are really cool will post on things, you know, and... There's just so many different ways to approach it. And so I really like it because, like Corey said before, it's a great way to reset and just start over. And Or if you're not starting over, maybe you're just working on something a little bit longer or, mm-hmm. you know, falling out of a bad habit or a good habit and you want to restart. Things like that. It's a booster. Yes. Yes. Now, I do want to say, though, um, if you are not Muslim and you have a friend who is observing Ramadan, there are some do's and don'ts. Do not be a dick if they tell you, hey, I don't want to look at this or, hey, I need you to not do this because it's Ramadan and I'm trying to focus on other things. It's not a personal attack against you. It is nothing about you at all. It is literally about them. So if they say, please don't do this, then just, like, don't do it. Mm -hmm. But also, like, sorry, go ahead. We're not, like, super sensitive enough snowflakes that if you say, oh, my goodness, I'm sorry, I just talked about eating lunch, how are you ever going to survive? Like, we can deal with that. (laughs) What the heck, Corey? I was literally about to say that. Corey reads my brain now, guys. It's really creepy. This happens to us regularly, and I'm, like, kind of afraid. But I was going to say that most people, especially if they're older and have gotten used to fasting, like, maybe a 10-year-old kid, don't don't eat in front of them. That's kind of mean. And actually, um... When you're at home, like, with your Muslim family, like, we try not to eat in front of each other just because, like, that's kind. But if I'm at work and people are eating in front of me, it's okay. Like, I'm used to it. I'm actually so desensitized to it that I can have Food Network on because I want to see them making cool cakes and it doesn't make me hungry. Um, Very, actually, very few things make me hungry anymore because I've gotten to the point in my life after fasting so many years where it's like, "Mm." but the 10 minutes before, (laughs) the 10 minutes before I'm about to break the fast is when my tummy's like, oh, food is coming. I'm ready. And I'm like, can you just chill? You are fine for hours. And now you're growling. Shut up. (laughs) So it just depends on the person. Yeah. Like for me, food after that first week isn't really bad at all. But since I, I go to the gym daily and I'm there for a good, you know, two hours or so I, and I do like heavy workouts. I do very intense workouts. So for me, it's not so much the food, even though I'm like, my body's like, I have no fuel. And I'm like, well, you still have a fat reserve to pull off, you know, to, you know, live off of. You're fine. But it's the dehydration part because you also can't drink. 
Yep, exactly. So, I mean, it's different for everybody. Like, for me, the food, I'm just, like, in my head, I'm like, you've still got that little pocket of blubber you can, you know, burn off of. You're fine. (laughs) But the thirsty part, like, I know I'm getting dehydrated at the gym. That's where I start to struggle. So there are times where there will be well-meaning people at the gym that see me without a bottle of water and it's on, it's like leg day and leg days are the worst. Like, Oh, here, run up and bring me a bottle of ice water. I'm like, I really need you guys not to do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cause that's and when then, I really, really want it <laughs> and exactly. I'm dehydrated and I'm tired and I'm thirsty, but most of the time I'm fine. It's just, you have certain periods. Like if I'm at the gym, I just ask you, don't offer me anything to drink. Absolutely. I actually, the water part is a good bit because for me, what'll happen is I drink um, a full bottle. I think it's something like 18 ounces before I go to bed. Um, Like after eating, like while I eat in the morning, I drink all that water. But then what'll happen is like 20 minutes after I've done eating, I have to go use the restroom. And it's terrible because then I'm like, wow, I've drank so much water. But then I can't drink anymore. So that water is all that I have all through the day until I drink a whole bottle of water again at night so during the summer as the fasts are longer i always try to get another two bottles if possible in in the evening because you can eat all night clearly Mm -hmm. like we have to go to sleep because you know sleep is important so i just try to drink sip on water as much as i can throughout the night and yes it means that i could pee a lot but it's i'd rather be peeing a lot than be dehydrated and then walking around because i take the bus and such and being like oh it's definitely worth staying hydrated and doing more water uh of an evening (laughs) If you have to get up once or twice to go to the bathroom, it is so worth it. So. But also, um, you know, like for me, I had it planned out. I was talking with my gym trainer and I was just like, okay, here's what's going to happen. You know, please help me come up with a nutrition plan that I'm not going to be dying at three o'clock every day. So, you know, I was very um, proactive about this is what I need to eat of a morning. This is how much I need to drink. This is what I need to eat of an evening. This is how much I need to drink. And I mean, for me, it also made me way more mindful about what I'm eating. But there's still moments where I remember, do you remember last year when I was like, I can't, I was like texting you thinking I blew my fast day because I was brushing my teeth and I think I accidentally swallowed a little bit of water. Yes. (laughs) It was really cute though, because, and my cute problems. I mean, just like, it was really, it was a good reminder of like, again, like the biggest thing that for me that I love so much about Islam um, is that it is all about intent and also God knows everything. So like God knows you were brushing your teeth. God does not, like you're not, you're okay. And like, that's the thing with like, again, like if one night or, you know, on days where I'm just like super absent-minded, like there have been days even to this day, like last year, when I opened the fridge totally out of habit got the yogurt container out and I was like, what am I doing? It's 3 p.m. I'm fasting today. Saiba. And then I put the yogurt container back. And there have been times where I've made it all the way to getting a spoon of yogurt into my mouth and being like, gosh darn it, I'm going to have to spit this yogurt out. What the heck? And it, it happens. It's just, you know, 30 days of not eating can do a toll on you in that context. So, you know, it's okay to make mistakes. And again, like plenty of people who are Muslim don't fast for a variety of reasons because they shouldn't or can't or what have you and it's all right because they make it up in other ways or they do charity in other ways yeah they're not not lesser Muslims because they don't fast right and Ramadan and everything in Islam none of it's supposed to be hard it can be you know 
a little bit difficult to start with or it can test you, but it's not meant to be something that's going to break you. And mm-hmm. it's just supposed to be everything that we, all of the rules and all of the rituals that we have, um, for the most part, I mean, obviously plenty of things to discuss at different times of like why we do certain things. But in, for the most part, it is just like, hey, like we talked about last time, like don't gamble because you're going to get in trouble because you're going to spend all your money or don't do this because we know that you guys have addictive personalities. Like, so it's the same thing with Ramadan. Like if you are a collegiate athlete or an Olympian, like don't fast, you're going to die. And that's okay. They can make their fast up later because that's their job. So there's all of these different, um, I don't want to say like, what's the word I'm looking for? Obviously there are rules for who and who doesn't fast or other things, but you know, there's a way around doing it. So you do it properly. Right. And I mean, if you're a revert particularly, and you are going to be fasting for the first time this year, that first week, week and a half is going to be rough. But after that, you know, like we've talked about, you really start getting into the groove. Now, I do want to say, if you start to get sick, don't do what I did last year and just be like, oh, I'll just fast through it. Because then you're going to get really, really sick. And then you're going to have more fast days to make up on top of whatever you missed. Yeah, because if you vomit, by the way, some rules that like no one thinks about, like, but, like vomiting, diarrhea, that's the sign that your body is like, yo, you should stop. And then you just make this fast up because clearly your body wasn't ready. And the thing, too, is you don't have to do all 30 in one go. Like little kids, people who are, you know, raised in Muslim households, like I didn't start with 30 days. That would have been ridiculous. I started with weekends and then maybe a Monday at school or a Friday at school, you know, and then I worked my way up to I think sixth grade was the first year I ever fasted the full or most of the month you know as a kid and so again it's it's starting yourself slow and preparing yourself honestly all of the stuff we were talking about today has been making me think about like preparing for like a marathon or like a triathlon like you do it slowly and surely and consistently mm-hmm. and that's how you do well it's not i'm just gonna throw myself into it and then strain my muscle and now i'm stuck in pain and also trying to finish this thing and i don't want to so yeah like i said i just went up to my trainer and i was you know, very proactive about what do I need to eat during this time. So A, I don't blow my diet and, you know, feel worse about myself and gain a bunch of weight. But also, you know, what can I be mindful about eating that's going to help fuel me throughout the day and then not, you know, be a grease bomb every night? (laughs) The best phrasing ever. I'm going to call it that when I talk to my parents this year. What, grease bomb? Yes, they need to stop doing that. It's hard because culturally, like, the whole thing is, hey, we're all hanging out. Grandma, you know, especially with generational families, like, everyone's in the kitchen making all of the things the hour before. And, you know, the best thing, too, just a quick side note, I think it's amazing that now we've reached a point in our lives where people who know how to cook, like, they can't taste the food they're making, right? So it just has to be good and we just have to hope for the best. So, you know... Going up, watching my mom or my aunt or whoever doing all of that, like, yeah, it was cool that we had all of these things to eat, but also, like, I would have been happy with, like, a plate of strawberries and, like, protein. It's okay. Again, we just want to be thinking about why we're doing it and how we're doing it. Right. And if you are a revert and you don't necessarily have that family component, I do actually, I think that makes it maybe a little bit easier because you don't have all of that food with the expectation of, I cooked it, now you have to eat it. So, I mean, there's some trade-offs. I mean, yeah, your first couple of years as a reaver, it's going to be different just because, you know, everybody else is, like, 
at iftar meals and you're kind of chilling doing your own thing, but you are going to make your own traditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I would look at it as an opportunity to, well, okay, yes, they're at iftar, but, you know, I am brand new at Ramadan. This is something I am trying to really be mindful about. So if I'm not at iftar, then that means I'm really good about controlling what I'm eating. And I don't feel that pressure to have the expectation of, here's a bunch of food people made. I'm going to be rude if I don't eat it. Right. And I think, too, I mean, it's obviously hard because there are how many Muslims? Like, clearly, like, there are Muslims in some communities who are way better about welcoming reverse than others and making a space for everybody. Or even just Muslims who maybe just haven't fasted. For whatever reason, you know, and they're coming back, or maybe they had an issue with the parents. I mean, you know, the the experiences in our lives are so multifaceted and varied. So I think um, trying to be mindful of like who you're spending time with and making that family for yourself, or for me, like not being home the last two summers, um, I just had to make sure that I spent some time with my friends and then just was really. I scheduled all of my things. Like I knew like the week of what I was going to be making each night because then it felt less like work. And more mm-hmm. just like, okay, like, I can look forward to on this day I'm having this nice thing. Or, you know, tomorrow I know that it's Saturday, which means that my friends don't mind eating at 9 p.m. Because <laughs> it's so late. Oh, my goodness. Um, I think it's like 8.30. But whatever. You get the point. Um, and then, you know, making plans with people and just being thoughtful about what I'm doing. Which is and, the recurring theme here. Yeah. And the same is going to go uh, for Eid. Because yes. if you're a revert... Like, that is basically going to be Wild West territory for you. I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Um, your first is going to be pretty much you're going to be on your own. And you're going to feel kind of like you're an outsider looking in. And that's mm-hmm. just, it's how it is because you haven't built up your own community. It That just right. takes time. Right. But I know this year I'm going to be inviting some people I know to... Maybe not come over, but we're going to go do something. Yeah, definitely. And it's just, it's learning. And I'm not trying to say this is doom and gloom if you're a revert. I'm just, I want you to know what you're going into Mm -hmm. instead of just kind of being like, well, I feel like crap now. Right. (laughs) If that makes um, a little bit of sense. I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. I'm just trying to, from my perspective, when you know, you don't have that built-in community and you're kind of an outsider still. Um, you just have to look for the opportunities to build your own little community to observe and celebrate with, and you'll get there. You will absolutely get there. But it's just, it takes time to build it. Yeah. I I second that. And I think, too, I mean... The thing with Eid that's nice, I mean, as a kid, obviously, what I didn't know better, my favorite thing was definitely like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go and see all of these people because Eid, both Eid al-Fitr and Eid al-Adha, which we'll talk about in a different time, um, the whole thing is you put on some nice clothes, you go to the mosque for the special prayer, and then you literally just spend your day. And this is kind of an issue because if you're not thinking about it, again, be thoughtful. I need like a sticker that just says be thoughtful now. Um is eating all day but the idea is like okay i'm gonna eat a little bit at breakfast time i'm gonna eat a little bit at lunch time i'm gonna eat a little bit of dinner time of at dinner time with my family and friends because you go from different houses or you go from like different invitations to invitations because again it's the whole the whole community thing and so as a revert that first year if you especially depending on like when you reverted right like if you haven't built up that community quite yet it can be kind of overwhelming because either a you haven't gotten invitations or you've gotten a lot and you're like, oh my goodness, I am overwhelmed and 
kind of overstimulated by all of the different things happening. And so Corey's idea of like a couple of people and maybe they don't come over, but you go somewhere to do something is really great because then you can control that experience for yourself. Right. And for me, it was coming from the, I didn't have any invitations. Right. I mean, I, it, it, it really does depend on some people. They're just, maybe you have that community that they are just going overboard and it's like, oh, we have to make sure the revert's included. Or maybe you've got that community where everybody just kind of assumes somebody else invited the revert. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I can concede if I got a ton of invites, I probably would have been overwhelmed. Absolutely. So it's, you kind of have to just kind of build your own thing as you go. You know, this year I'll be inviting some people and doing something and, you know, they're probably not going to be muslims but at the same time is there people that are very open and ask me a lot of questions about my faith and i think that's a good day for you know just talking about it and being with people that you enjoy spending time with right and the thing too i mean your community can be full of people from all faiths and Mm -hmm. i know for me when i was younger and eve was during times where like we weren't like as a kid my family we would invite my friends because you know we want people to experience what it's like i mean yeah the best part when you're a kid is oh my gosh my friend invited me over to eat food all day long dope let's go but also it is a way for people to see what you know someone does and again it, it goes back to like the whole month we're resetting we're putting um you know a new look at what we're doing and then we're ending it with community or family or just one friend or however many people and then it's great well, also, again, the challenge is you shouldn't automatically, once Eid starts, it's like, now I can eat everything. No, don't do that. Also, you're going to get sick, by the way. Well, yeah, because <laughs> your stomach your stomach is not going to fit all that food in, especially during the middle of the day. Ugh. I'm already cringing thinking about it because there are people <laughs> who try and I'm like, oh, your poor belly. Good luck living in the toilet for the next year. Okay, that's a good look <laughs> The next day. <laughs> a year's a lot. Well, um, I mean, clearly I that's pretty much what's going to happen. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even for me, um, you know, Corey has been talking about going to the gym and being this awesome, like, weightlifting epic person. And I'm, me personally, like, I've just been doing some, like, cool workout videos and really being thoughtful about how I eat. And now, like, I can't eat the same level, the sheer number, or that's not the right uh, term, sheer amount of South Asian food I used to be able to eat growing up. Like, I can't do it. And my mom's always really sad because, I mean, like, every auntie, she's like, wait, have some more. I made all your favorite things. Actually, last time I went home, I love my mother, bless her heart, and I mean that in the nice way, not the southern way. Like, she had made uh, every favorite If you're a southern food. mother, I don't think what <laughs> what... If you're just a Southern mother in the United States, you're going to be pushing food on your kid. I think that's just part yeah, of it. Yeah, and I was just like, Mom, I love you, but I legitimately, if I have another meal today or eat something different, like, I'm going to just explode in both directions. And so I think that's part of it, too, is that your body is getting retrained. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why, like, half of the Muslim community loses a ton of weight. And the other, I mean, it's probably not half and half, but I don't know math, so we're going to stick with half. And the other half gains away because it depends on what you're eating and how you're eating it. So you right. just have to 
be smart about what you're doing and eat more protein and eat more, you know, the healthy carbs, yada, yada, yada for your nutrition. You don't want to get sick. Yeah. If you are a more active person and this is going to be your first Ramadan, definitely uh, make sure you've got a nutrition plan because you're going to hit it hard during the first week if your body doesn't have enough fuel like you can't just do oh i'll do my normal breakfast and then i'll be fine it's like no 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 no. yeah but again it's making you be um mindful about what you're eating it's also just like nice because i mean we focus a lot on food because that is what people think about a lot but it's just nice too to like i mean like we've talked about the fandom stuff but i just want to reiterate how refreshing and uh just rejuvenating it can be to kind of just take stock of your life and I Mm -hmm. think that's nice because I mean we I mean like life coaches in general or I mean especially now we've got like Queer Eye and Mary Kondo and all these other really cool um media entities if you will like talking to us about how to make our lives like truly successful whatever that may mean um is is so Ramadan obviously like it's fasting and thinking about what you're doing every day and the charity and the the prayers and everything but it's also just like what do I do? What am I, what's like, this is going to get like super existential for a second. So I apologize for those of you who are like, what is happening? But like, what is the essence of my time sitting here every day when I'm going to work and who I'm spending my time with and what I'm doing? Like, it's just a really great way to just refresh all of that and then feel really rejuvenated. What's most important to me. Yeah, exactly. Because I know for me, especially with, like, the fandom stuff, it was just that realization, like, you were talking earlier, um, you were talking about some TV news for an hour, and you kind of, afterwards, you're like, well, what did I really get out of this? Yeah. What, I mean, was there really a point besides it felt good for me to rant at the time, but now I just wasted an hour ranting? Right. <coughs> and I'm not saying you or wasted even... an hour, but yeah, in general. No. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like... Okay, so last year, those of you who've read some of my reporting, I literally spent, I'm not kidding you, a hundred something plus hours putting together all the statistics about broadcast TV, which was great. Like, I loved it. And, I mean, there were people who read my work, and that's awesome, because obviously I wrote it so people would read it. But then afterwards, I was like, wait, I don't actually need to spend this much time doing statistics, as much of a statistics nerd that I am for TV. Like, I, I could have done other stuff. And so I was just thinking about stuff like that, like, for me, all of the time that I would spend watching TV now gets turned around into spending time talking to my family at night and reading the Quran, like I said, and trying to do Arabic practice because I don't speak it very well and I need to relearn how to do that. So again, it's just it's just a great way to like restart habits and you know also like, reverts earlier, reverts. If you want to try and read the Quran, it is totally okay to read it in English. Learning oh, Arabic or is. Yeah, learning Arabic is a time and a half, especially if you're trying to learn it as an adult. So please don't feel bad if you're struggling. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, yeah, it's it's nice in the context of, like, a lot of stuff from Islam is in Arabic because that's the language that the prophet and everyone spoke. But also, you can go your whole life not knowing Arabic because you can still say everything in English. Again, yes. God knows your intention. Or the language you grew yes, up speaking. whatever language you speak. <laughs> I say English here because... We assume most of our listeners are also English speakers, but whatever language you may know, or, you know, just whatever you, however you want to say it. Don't feel bad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like all of our episodes, don't be a dick, be thoughtful, and don't feel bad if something happens. It'll be all right. 
Yeah, I think, like, I mean, then we, we say this going into Ramadan that we want to clean up our language, and our unofficial motto for that to Ram is don't be a dick. Um, <laughs> I don't think dick is haram. Don't be a jerk. Don't be a poop head. Don't be a, what was the word we used earlier? Grease bomb? Don't be a grease bomb. <laughs> well, we can start using that. Um, yeah, it's very much, it's, Overall, what we're just trying to do is give you guys kind of a better idea, or if you're a revert and you're following along, or, you know, if you are a born Muslim or you've been a Muslim for a while and you're listening and you're following along, or just whoever, we're just talking about Ramadan in a way that I, I we're trying to be accessible and make yeah. it so it's not this big, Confusing mountainous, thing. rigid thing. That's really how we want everything in our episodes to be. So mm-hmm. if you have questions or if there's something that you've heard before that we didn't cover, because, of course, there's plenty of other things we probably missed, let us know. We're always excited to answer questions. Yes. Especially me. Because if anything, you'll get to hear me talk about something in a way that probably I shouldn't talk about it, but I'm going to do it anyway because God <laughs> understands. Well, and again, like, a lot of my initial questions were running up to Sahara being like, hey, what's this? Hey, what's this? Yeah. Hey, or, you know, I gave you that example of last year when I accidentally swallowed a little bit of water brushing my teeth. I was, like, frantically typing to Sahara. <laughs> like, I accidentally swallowed a half a mouthful of water when I was brushing my teeth, and did I ruin my entire day? You know, it's she's really good about answering questions. I'm getting better about answering questions, but if you want, like, <clears throat> the more authoritative answer directed towards yeah. Sahara, if you, if you maybe want to ask, like, about revert stuff, like, you could probably do it to me, but... For the more specifics, especially with Ramadan, make sure you do, like, attention to hair. Yes. I'm, like, throwing you under the bus for this to answer everything. (laughs) No, you're good. I like answering questions because I know that our viewers... I keep saying viewers, but none of you are watching us. That'd be kind of creepy. Our listeners slash readers are here out of goodwill. Mm -hmm. um, And questions you're asking will be very thoughtful and, you know, get to certain things. And also having questions means we have more things to talk about because clearly both of us love to talk. So exactly, (laughs) we're always ready. And especially as we get towards more and more episodes, like we're not going to run out of things, but we're starting to move away from the basics, if you will. So it's always exciting. Except for when we come up and we start talking about the pilgrimage, because, oh my goodness, that one's that episode is going to be Listen, <laughs> I'm going to have to have, like, three Wikipedia pages open because even I can't remember all of the steps because sometimes we have a lot of steps and things and parts and rituals and I'm just like... Well, no, I'm not even talking about all the steps with the pilgrimage to Mecca. I'm talking about all the cultural and geopolitical shenanigans. Oh, yeah. No, of course. We can talk about that, too. That's going to be, like, half the episode of, am I ever going to be able to go on pil- pilgrimage? <laughs> Spoiler alert, probably not. Neither am I. And I was raised with some. Actually, you know what's really funny? I stopped myself, but I was about to be like, F Saudi. So go me. I didn't drop the F bomb, but I thought it. So I'm halfway there. Um, anyway, that that'll, that'll be an episode for another time. <laughs> well, that will probably be the episode three months from now, because three months from now will be when Hudge is happening. Yes. So, anyways, look forward to that one. That on. one's going to be loaded. <laughs> um, I hope that you all learned something new, or if you already knew all these things enjoyed us talking about it also don't forget we do have other podcasts i do have to plug them (laughs) Uh, we have the fundamentalists ladies first which you'll also find sahara and i on quite frequently 
Um, Unabashed Book Snobbery, Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics, and Right to Survive will be coming back. So we have plenty of stuff for you guys to listen to in between now and our next episode. Again, if you want to drop us a question, if you have, like, something specific, if I can't answer it for you, Sahar surely can, or she'll find an answer for you. Um, We do love hearing from you guys. We're having a lot of fun doing this podcast, and your feedback... um, is greatly appreciated. Yes. So that's going to be all for us this time. We'll be back. We'll figure out what we're going to talk about by then. (laughs) Yeah. Have a wonderful whatever time of day it is where you are when you listen to this episode. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye.